0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Relevant Experience podcast where you can listen to us every second and last Wednesday of each month. So this week's episode is called Full Disclosure. Let's go ahead and get into it. So this episode is named Full Disclosure for two reasons. First, I'd like to address the podcast hiatus. And second, I want to highlight something that I course I've observed this year so far while producing events. All right, so let's just start with the hiatus. I'll be honest, I haven't recorded since March, because quite frankly, I had a creative stall. Um, I had one diet idea in my head of how the segments in these podcasts should go, and then the reality of it was that it was a bit more complex than I expected, and it turns out that figuring out how to do this in a consistent and engaging way is pretty tough. So, um, I am saying that it's tough, but I'm also not saying that it's not so tough that I, sh- it should be abandoned. Right. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm back in full effect, uh, still keeping true to highlighting creatives and the experiences that we construct for audiences, um, in person and digitally. And so This time, however, I am including trending topics to make it a little bit more relevant, pun intended. All right. uh, To start off, my guiding purpose around this is to use events um, as a tool that highlights stories that are often left at the margins um, uh, to highlight information that's useful and transformative and, you know, just some cool stuff that we can implement along the way. And so in line with that, for today's episode, uh, full disclosures, um, I've mainly worked in spaces that address the way structural inequities impact our lives, right? And because this hits in every facet of society, I often gain access to really cool spaces. Um, A lot of these spaces have innovative conversation and Um, as well as where education or event programming can be used to impact the way that we interact with one another. And also, uh, many times these events are sort of like these microcosms, if you will, of possibilities. And I find myself completely nerding out at how we can take ideas and use them to change attitudes and behaviors. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so committed to planning quality events. It's because of that possibility, right? Um, And so for this episode, I want to highlight a nuance that I observed um, in in the trending topic that's integral to changing um, ideas during events, and that's just diversity and inclusion for event speakers. So after being a part of so many planning sessions for meetings and communities, I found myself asking who's not here, right? There's so many things that have happened this year that I'm like, man, if this person was here or if we were able to have a person that was familiar with this topic here, it would completely transform the conversation. And then I found myself asking, "Okay, so why aren't they here and why aren't we making a concerted effort to get them here? So don't get me wrong, um, you know, I realize that these are large questions, but to me as an event creative, I just feel like it's something that is at the forefront of my work constantly. It's like, how do we increase attendee engagement? How do we make certain that people who attend our events can relate to the actual content that's being presented? And so, What I found in some research, um, of course, with my empirical data, I had to have some qualitative data. Um, According to a report produced by Bizabo, um, it's an event tech company, almost 70% of event speakers are males. And they conducted this global survey of different countries around the world, and they found that at least two-thirds of speakers were identified as male and about 31% were identified as female. So here's the nuance, right? Because of my perspective in working in spaces that highlight uh, the experiences of people who often live at the margins of society, I was like, although that number captures a high gender disparity, we also need to look at other factors such as race, ethnicity, ethnicity, Um, And for those who are comfortable in doing so, highlighting LGBTQ plus identified persons, um, people at different age and physical ability levels. I mean, the list continues. But if if these things are not being taken into consideration, then, you know, what are we doing? Um, To be quite honest, I feel like we have to move past this idea with regards to panel discussions and with regards to male, men or people who have identified as male being speakers that having women, in particular uh, a panel of white women on a panel, that that equals diversity. Because quite frankly, it doesn't. It's a, it's a lazy notion to say, look, we've changed the model when really it does not capture uh, uh accurate representation of panels and so thanks Siri Siri came up didn't want that but that's the way this podcast goes right we have impromptu um, <laughs> impromptu things from Siri anyway let me just get back to the my train of thought so what I was saying was is that Here's what I do know. If if the majority of gender and race representation of panels are white women, then in the words of Miss Whoopi Goldberg, Molly, you are in danger girl. And here's a few reasons why. First, that's not an accurate representation of knowledge. White people are not the only people that produce knowledge, that are experts, right? We have to move around um, and move through this idea that the only experts we go to um look a certain way okay so to have a panel that doesn't include a person of color and by that i mean black i mean asian and within all of these categories there's multiple other categories you can be um black american you can be um black from the uh the from, shoot, Australia, wherever the case, right? You can be Afro-Asian. You can be, again, there are different um, identifiers within each of these areas. Latinx, you can be Afro-Latinx. You can be Asian-Latinx, right? And also, uh, Indigenous or First Nations persons. If they're not on panels doing your event, you're doing an automatic disservice to your audience. First of all, I need to not move past, I I need representation. I need for people to at least look like folks in the audience. A. B. I need for people to see that you can be a person of color and be a subject matter expert, right? You're not just there to talk about race, but you're there to talk about you know your field. If you're in healthcare, or if you're in education, if you're in engineering, whatever the case may be, you can be a subject matter expert. This is important. All right. So second, ignoring this um, one intersection of identities can lead to a less meaningful conversation and exchange of knowledge. Again, if perspectives being brought to the table during a panel. Are from the same people and granted i'm not taking i'm i'm not discounting that you can be a certain race and have a different experience but i am saying that the experience a cultural one um structurally can look the same or it can feel like it's being repetitive or that things are missed out and so making certain that the the identities of folks that come to the panel are at the very least considered that will help to lead to a more meaningful conversation and finally this really stalls transformative behaviors I mean just just acknowledging that someone is different um, and different is okay we don't uh, pause at it we don't keep saying oh i didn't know that or i was surprised right um even though i feel like that is a part of learning it shouldn't be the norm and the more that we can kind of chip away at that the better just by acknowledging that someone other than a man or someone other than a person who's identified as white can produce valuable knowledge or be an expert really does do wonders so what can we do about it right By making um, people or giving people with lesser-known names a break into the industry is a start. So it's easy for us to go for that popular person or the person that's on all the speaking circuits. It's a little bit more difficult for us to drill down and say, you know, again, back to those big questions. Who aren't we considering? Who isn't here? Who needs to be here? Um, we can ask and be poignant in our um, referral requests. We have to be specific. Who are we looking for? Are we looking for racially diverse panels? Are we looking for people who can speak to different um, uh, identities or whatever the case may be? Re- asking for recommendations that are specific is Integral to making certain that we hit a more inclusive panel of representatives. Um, This may take a little bit more work, like I said earlier, but it's worth it. So plan to find influential voices that are not as popular, but are still as valuable as the ones that are popular. And then pay them. Okay, here's where I say that full stop. Pay them, pay them on time. No need for an explanation here. They are worth the same amount as what you would pay someone who is a non-person of color and who is male. I'm not going to even debate that. Pay, pay on time. As a matter of fact, have the payment at the door. And finally, find ways to make inclusion uh, a measurable goal throughout your event, meaning How can you incorporate this goal of saying, hey, I would like at least every panel to have X amount of people of color on there, right? This percentage needs to be represented throughout the whole conference. This speaks um, volumes and it also prevents having the one person that comes to speak on behalf of the said minority group. On race when race does come up because especially nowadays it's it's coming up it's inevitable in some way shape or form someone is going to speak to that and what you don't want to do is have somebody sort of be tokenized in this way um so again that goes back to making certain that this measurable goal that you have of inclusion is represented throughout the, the entire conference so that it does feel like the norm right and I mean, let's just be honest. It, this is tired saying I did know or I couldn't find. You know, stop being lazy. We cannot be lazy. OK, I'm tired of it. It's tired. Let's just not rely on that. Let's just do better. So thanks for listening. I have a resource um, for this week. Follow Dahlia L. Gazar on social media. Her name is Dahlia, D-A-H-L-I-A. I'm sorry, D-A-H-L-I-A. L. Gozar on social media. She shares amazing event tech information and education. Thanks for listening this week. You can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter at relevant, R-E-E-L-L-A-V-E-N-T. And you can email me at b at relevant.com. That's B-E at R E E l-l-a-v-e-n-t until next time take care